Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for watching Not A Boring Real Estate Podcast. We have got a great show for you today. What do you got, Diego? So today we have Vanessa Mosqueda, and this show talks about overcoming life-changing accidents, things to look out for when buying your first house, building your brand, and most importantly, how lenders make mistakes by chasing the money. Chasing money. I love the way you put that and what it's like to be an in-house lender. Do you want to be an in-house lender? And here's the reasons why yes, and here's the reasons why no. No, I love the way she put it. Let's enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Not a Boring Real Estate Podcast, where we educate the masses in a not so boring way, just how you like it. Here's your host, Ryan Domus and Diego Vasquez. Welcome to Not A Boring Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Diego Vasquez, with... Ryan Domus. And... Vanessa Mosqueda. Ooh. ooh. All right. So this is going to be a fun episode today, you guys. We actually just got back from Mastro's. That's right. I was pissed because I was like, we're going to go to Mastro's right now, and we're going to get trashed. Well, not we. You guys are going to get trashed uh, before the episode. We're going to be like this, folks. We're going to have tomahawk steaks. We're going to have gnocchi. We're going to have all the fixings that they have there. The freaking... the, The tower... Uh, dude, butter cake. Oh, the butter cake, the, the butter wagyu the, rolls, the butter cake, the old fashions, and the espresso martinis that were really good. Yes. Right? Did they you like? Hit, they hit. Sir, you're what describing you your entire night. Right? Oh, yeah. The only thing I'm bummed out about is the fact that we didn't like rev our engines against each other. You that should have been. Oh. oh, I like that. Well, no, I, I I took off because I wanted to be on time. Diego about, was on time. Diego yeah. was the only one on time showing up. By the way, these okay. guys were like an hour late. We were and I'm late. Like, you we were know, late. So okay, Joaquin, we thank you for being so patient. We met people in the bar. Ever on time? No, we don't even show up to meetings. Damn right. Okay, I like the way you put that. But who did we meet in the bar today? I met a doctor. She's amazing. Ooh. Beautiful. She loved my dress so much. I was like, girl, I don't know the designer. Just check the tag. And she loved that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I love so we have a really cool episode for you guys today yes. because we have someone who's a top producer that is not feeling what a lot of other loan officers are feeling. No, we love her unique perspective on things. Oh, there's there's a lot of stuff that she's doing that other people other lenders don't experience that she has that other lenders don't uh and because of that she's able to uh just really give uh, information and educate her clients so that way she just keeps getting business and while everybody else is as we like to say all these other lenders are eating cup of noodles when they used to be at mastro's like we just were tonight literally that yeah. being said so vanessa let's start off with the fact that producers never underperform Oh, I love that. Just giving it, like, twisting that screwdriver right to the ribs. I love it. She's got good info, you guys. Yeah, she does. And now we talked, and we've we've become friends since the first time that we've met. Vanessa's Vanessa's so cool. And you know what? I really, I grill lenders and realtors, but mainly loan officers. I like to grill them at first and be like, they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Let me test your knowledge. And she passed with flying colors. She, I'm sure she would freaking just, you know, literally like just blow me out of the water. Uh, so I was really impressed. I was impressed by how much you know because of how you got started in the business. So please, just so they can they can understand what I understand about you. How did you get in the business? How long you've been doing this? And what about the amount of time that you've been doing this? Like, what about that made you learn and become such a badass? God, where I be, where do I even begin? So I started when I was twenty. Um, I was a college broke student. 
No, a broke college student. Oh, yeah. And I was literally looking for a job while pursuing business. It's very hard to, to like, imagine you as a broke college student, by the way, because you're so damn, like, I'm going to fucking succeed. Nobody's going to stand in my way. But you were there at one time. Well, I love that. Um, I was just a woman with a mission. Oh, hell yeah. I was going to say a bitch on a mission, but damn, we'll oh, keep I like it classy too. and say I was a woman on a mission, and I knew I've always been smart, and I just was out looking for a way to make it to the top and I f- fell in love with real estate. Real estate found me. I got hired by a broker who needed me to basically run their business. They were not educated and in the process of teaching them how to run a business because I was trying to open up my own business, which was a fashion boutique, which I did pretty well. Um, I realized that I loved real estate. I didn't grow up rich. Uh, my parents never owned real estate. And I was like, wait a minute, it's this easy to own real estate. It's this easy to do this. And as I started learning how to grow my way through the industry, and then I started dealing with uneducated professionals, disregard the comment, but it's the truth. Anybody that is good at sales can sell anything. But there's a difference when you see the beauty and the nature of it, and then you add your educational background behind it, and then the drive. You're unstoppable, especially when you find the motive of making other people millionaires off of real estate. That's incredible to like take people and make them millionaires. Yeah, which I have and continue to have. And I love that. I love the fact that I build the corporate ladder. I dropped out of college to pursue my career and um, I made millionaires in the long run and I continue to do so. It doesn't matter the rate. It doesn't matter the market. When you have a vision and you believe in it and you want it, that's all your mind sets like it's set at, you know? So I, I hear her saying certain like kind of keywords or key phrases that when you get into the business and whether any type of sale business, you have certain phrases that you can stand behind because you've probably said this so many times to your clients, especially. I mean, you said you have you've made millionaires. When you say that, you have somebody in mind. What's an example of somebody that you've helped out that you're like, this person started from here and now they're a millionaire? My parents, my life, my background. I'm not selling a fake dream. I'm not selling a product that is going to give me a better lucrative lifestyle as we see online with all these realtors and lenders. The truth is that it stemmed from my own family. I had a father who was born here. I had a father who had the American career. I had a father who dropped out of college, dropped out of high school, um, literally has um, not even a college degree. And he made money just based off of his back. And he was a producer and he was a provider. And he just knew that he had to work hard to provide for his stay-at-home wife and his family. And in the process of that, he made enough money to buy real estate. But the problem is he wasn't educated enough because he was busy providing. So when my dad was given the opportunity to buy real estate, he made it enough to go look at homes but he would back out because he wasn't educated to understand the process. Had he had been educated in that process and had given the fact that he was a, a provider, we probably would have owned five, 10 houses by now. But because he lacked one thing, we, that kept us from owning and owning so many times. Mm-hmm. So when I finally got old enough, I got educated and I tapped into real estate. I was like, Dad, we're going to make this happen. We have to do this. We have to do that. And before you know it, we have over a $3 million real estate portfolio. Wow. Ooh, so wow. when I'm able to amplify that and place that from my own hard work, my own history, 
and I'm able to give that to my clients, I have probably made over 600 families millionaires. Wow. That's incredible. And just to put everybody in perspective, we were at Mastro's tonight with our boy Jake. Yes. At Mastro's in Costa Mesa right next to South Coast Plaza. You, me, Diego, Jake. And the way you talked about your father and how he set a standard for you that you knew like, this is what I want in life, and this is something that I won't put up with. Yep. I love the way you talk about your dad. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what caliber we are in, especially men. Obviously, it's expected of you guys, right? But as a woman who comes from a home that I was raised by a provider, a man that gave us everything, he stemmed the same energy into me. So my hobby is my career. I love my career. I love it. Does, mm-hmm. does it define me? No. Does it make me? No. It's a career that I tapped into, and it has become my hobby. But at the end of the day, it will never take away from a man's power or will. Yeah. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I felt that. <laughs> that was such a good way. Put, you put that so but, well. Yeah. Like butter. Because you and I but, talked about this. We're like, we want to ask you this question yeah. about where you find your motivation and, and Diego's like, we got to throw some spice on it. All right. You want the spice? I don't I don't think you guys are ready for it. And oh. you guys are not probably going to be ready for oh, my we're answer. We're so ready. Well, first off, I mean, you said something real, real cool that I think uh, not a lot of women uh, talk about. So thanks for backing us up. It's expected of men, right? Yeah. Like we don't get the pat on the back for, you know, being a provider for taking your, your wife out of work and, and, you know, to raise the child. And that's not as glamorous. Like, you know, a lot of women, maybe they even have a... Uh, uh, like an identity crisis because they're like, who am I? I'm just here, you know, I'm taking care of this child now. And uh, in that, that in and of of itself is, uh, that's a career. You know, it's a career choice. That's a successful person who wanted to have a child and raise that child. And I think societies, they're taking away from, they're taking that away from women. Um, That being said, you chose to be a, a, that being said, you chose to be a producer. Yeah. And to be a producer, you have to think like a man and act like a man sometimes. In a male-dominated industry, yeah. like, how, how, do you, how do you still stay feminine? And what's the dating life like Yeah, what's being such like? a badass? Okay, so I'm going to just dissect everything you just said, and I'm going to break it down. And our podcast might take a bit longer, Go but I'm going to honor both roles and their way that they should be, okay? So, ladies, if you have a man, a provider... Who is allowing you to be a mother and you're going through your midlife crisis or whatever it is, postpartum depression, and you're allowed to do that at your, without having to pay anything, honor your man. It's okay to go through your weird faces, your depression, but the fact that you're able to do that at home without having to worry about a bill, honor your man and honor yourself and respect it because most women can't even do that, Okay. So the fact, I wish I could say I had a, men, a free mental breakdown while my man is out there providing. Like, take <laughs> oh, it for what it is. You might get canceled for that so one. It's okay, it. but Go it's the it. truth. Cancel it's okay. Yourself. And the reason I say this is because I am a provider. I'm a provider for myself, and I step up to a role that fits a man, and I make what most men make or more. So if I had a man that took care of me and respected me and allowed me to be a mother and go through postpartum depression without having to worry about a bill, honey, I'm running and taking it with me. I'm just saying. Yeah. And just honor it. Two, as a woman, 
I always say this, my career chose me. It, it really did choose me and I love what I do. And I love the fact that I knew, I knew from a very young age that I was going to tap into the corporate ladder and make more than the average man without having to have a degree and have so much college debt. Am I excusing education? No, but not a lot of people get lucky and are able to break that. Two, um, I love, I love what I do. I genuinely love what I do. It's in my blood. Um, I can sell all day. I can do whatever, but at the end of the day, I'm an image of my own craft. I sell and perform and live what I do based off of what I said, my family, myself, and my clients. My clients are my family. Am I going to make this um, a thing where it's going to be my role? No. I'm excited to find my provider, to find my man and say, hey, I can't wait that you found an amazing girl that has an amazing career, makes over 100 figures. But guess what, honey? My career is my hobby. I'm just complimenting you. And Whoa. that's it. Because at the end of the day, my wait, career. Wait, a hundred figures is a lot of money. That's a lot of money. You mean you mean like you know a, not, uh, like six figures, seven. six figures, hundred figures, man. I mean whatever. But the IRS <laughs> does not think that, so we're not gonna yeah. go there. Yeah, yeah. But the she point makes is, no money. This is all here but to say. The yeah. point is, my career does not define me. It does no. not define my role, and it does not take my femininity away. No, it doesn't define you. It's as a just female. a compliment. So what I am and who I am and what I'm good at is just a compliment of the man that I'm with and whoever. I end up with and that's it yeah. so I look forward to that I love the fact that when I do find my partner I'm like this is what I build how am I going to compliment you how am I going to build you up and add more value to you based off of just what I built Boy, which that's, that's such it. a healthy way of looking at a relationship I love it yeah I love that you like fit that in you're like hey I'm doing great but by the way this is how you fulfill a relationship yeah. in a successful yeah. by manner. the way well I've been busy um waiting for you to come into my life. This is what I've been building. I've been building a career. I've been helping the community. I've been helping families that literally are scared up by their first home become millionaires. And I live in a beautiful home. Yeah. And this is all great, but this has nothing to do with you. No, no. It's how am I going to amplify you and build you? That's right. Because we see you in Miami, yeah. New Orleans, New York. You're killing yes. it. You're, but what are you doing? At 1 a.m., you're on your laptop. I'm nonstop. killing it. Yeah. And listen... Um, when you allow God to lead your life and you allow him to just lead you in whatever you're meant to do, you get to reap the beauty of your fruit of labor. Yep. So with that being said, yes, I get to travel. Yes, I get to be in planes and first class. But guess what? I'm not just sitting there living the luxury life. <laughs> That's true. I am issuing pre-approvals. I'm running numbers. I'm having meltdowns. I have cried so many times. Go and show, brush your shoulders off. <laughs> Stop <Yeah>. it. <laughs> but you know what? That comes with the beauty of it. And I can't wait until I can say one day, I used to do this alone and I used to cry over stress or whatever, but now I get to share it with my future husband, with my kids. And now I get to lead them into a better example of what Ooh. I stemmed off of nothing. And that's oh, it. That's it. like the Miss America answer. You're Damn like, right. They do. So hey, listen, I'm a Latina. They do that was, no, but listen, I was a Latina. I wasn't born here. You're not, not I anymore. came from Mexico and I came here as an immigrant and I built myself from the ground up. And at the end of the day, it doesn't take away. The American dream does not take away from the fact then a man is a man and his ability to lead and provide no matter what I create or what I am. Some people might think like, oh, she's a boss babe or a boss bitch and she's independent. Yes, my independency is beautiful, 
but it's just waiting for its right. Oh, yeah. Dude, we're so getting canceled on this. Oh, no. And the truth is, you do not need anybody to support you, whether it's a man or a female because it's 2023 or, or whatever. Be- or a refrigerator. I'm telling you, anybody that yeah. identifies as anything does not need to support you. No. Because you're I identify as a refrigerator. The IRS will That's tell you, tell the IRS the will tell you that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, my yeah. IRS tab will tell you that. But the point is that when um, I was raised by a queen and she always taught me, we are the value of our men, right? We, we even you guys out. So oh, yeah. if I expect the best, I'm going to give myself the best. So when that person comes in, he better match me and give me better. Dude, that makes the pool so small. Yeah. It's so hard. Because so so many men, they're just like, they, I mean, I'm sure they're going to get intimidated. And it's not just a sense like, uh, you know, like they look at it and they're like, she, she makes more money than me. So that already boom. So now you got to look for people that make 10 figures too. But it's not about the money. It's about where is your character? Are you a leader? Because there's like, we all know Back in the day, there was a lot of kingdoms, right? But a lot of kingdoms failed because the king was weak. He relied on his money. He relied on his uh, persona or whatever. I need to know where your character stands. Is your character doesn't matter the money. Are you, where are you going to lead me with the character? Are you going to break us character. in tomorrow or not? I love it. I love hearing somebody talk about character. I'm just saying. It's like the 1800s. It's still fucking matters. Well, I'm just it saying. I lead my business off of my character. That was the first F-bomb of the show, by the way. <laughs> oh, so when you're done blowing her, if you want to answer, ask a question. Well, here's here's the thing. Cool. I was going to. Because you know. To make your offers more Diego, am I making you feel small right now? No, no I, I love it. No. Because here's the thing. We have a list hey. of questions like we have with every guest, but we love where you're taking us. So we want to base that off of what you're saying. Listen, the yeah. fact that I'm able to be Vanessa and swim around sharks and okay. I'm able to honor you guys and applaud you and the fact that you guys have your own homes and have your own wives like you who just became a father at no cost, and you look no like you don't even look stressed out about it with no. whether you are because she handles everything, dude. She that is beautiful. She's that a is queen beautiful. in her own right. That is beautiful. They're the you know? cutest but baby. No matter what caliber I stand in right now, it does not mean it makes a man immune from my role. No. Period. You know. No. So. Um, no, it's cool that you're saying that. Like you're saying, I'm willing. Like yes, I'm. I'm a boss. I'm a boss, babe, and 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 I make all this money. And and when we come together, we're gonna join together like freaking two two one. forces and become one. But you're willing to like okay when it when the time comes for the right man, I am willing to take a step back. And I feel like a lot of women feel that way. They're just looking yeah. for the right man. Correct. Um, maybe they you know they just need to figure out what their role is sometimes. You have to, I honestly believe that before you become joint with anybody or you find your partner, you really have to go do your soul searching. So with that being said, we had this discussion in dinner. Um, the first few years of my career, when I started in real estate, when I was 20, I was just all about taking any job, doing whatever it took to get to where I'm at now. But then when you finally get to that quota of where you're at, you get te- you take your test and you become a producer. Listen, the first two months after I got licensed, which is unheard of, I was already closing over $2 million. Oh, shit. Like that became a walk in the park for me. But it's because I was putting in the work after hours. I was working seven days nonstop. I was working 30 days nonstop. I knew what I was doing. I knew my craft. And I knew what I was sacrificing to get to where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. However... Does that mean that I worked on my inner self? No. That just meant that I was just adding band-aids to my character while building my career. Okay. So when I finally got to where I got to, 
I was so unhinged. I was like, wait a minute. I, I can make all this money. I can do this. I can close these numbers. I'm like a walking little goddess mm-hmm. in a man's world. And how old were you? I, I was 25 or 26. 25, 26. You know, yeah. breaking, you know, what, maybe like 30, 40K a month. Yeah. And I felt unstoppable. And then I was like, if I'm successful you f- you and felt, I'm. You uh, felt, what is it called? You felt. Um, ah, what's the word? I already messed it up. There was a word. You felt. Invincible. Invincible. Yes. invincible. I felt invisible. I was like, listen, I'm 26. I'm 27. I'm 28. I make more than the average household. I produce. I'm known. I'm good at my craft or my shit. And I'm good. So here's the thing. So from a lending standpoint, what can buyers do right now? To make their offer more competitive? What can they do to, to beat out those 17, 25 other offers right now? Honestly, oh God, where do I even begin? You really have to test your agent and your lender. There's a lot of new um, talent mm-hmm. emerging, and that's beautiful, and that's great. We all started somewhere, right? Yeah. But in the reality of the real market, now when rates are low and everybody can walk around like, we're all producing, you really have to deal with a team that knows their shit, that knows their craft, that has production, that has numbers, that moves volume. Listen, anybody can negotiate a seller credit. Anybody can tell you what to do. But if you're working with a lender who's not offering you programs where the broker or another lender is saying, oh, that's not doable, that's not feasible, that's not reality, you're working with the wrong team. Ooh. I like the way I was you gonna do a- that. I was going to ask her that too. How can your average buyer differentiate between that like just the your run of the mill, you know, uh, rate selling lender versus someone like you. Listen, I don't sell rates. I sell production. I sell dream. And with that being said, I have to get creative and I have to move around and move around programs and products and look at your. I have to understand your income. I have to understand your credit. It's not just like oh your credit's eight hundred and you have five hundred dollars in debt. We can't make any. No, mm-hmm. I have to dissect your stuff. I know my credit reports. I know credit history. I know if you're working with a lender that's telling you, let's remove a collection. Listen, removing collections all the time is not the wisest thing. If you're working with a lender who doesn't understand their credit reports, that's a red flag. If you're working with a lender who doesn't understand your debt and they're just manipulating a ratio, that's a red flag. Oh. If you're working with the lender who doesn't understand their programs or their guidelines, that's the biggest red flag. Oh, but how if does how does a buyer know the difference? Well, one, it starts with the fact that everything that I just said, if they're not offering you those key points up front, that's a red flag. Yeah, I would say if so. you offer if they ask you how about my down payment assistance? Oh, you know, I don't know. You might not get qualified or whatever. No, a real lender knows if you're qualified up front for the programs or not. A real lender knows if you qualify for it based off of your income, your FICO. If they can't even offer you credit rescores complimentary and they're saying you got to pay four or 500 and we have to take you this route, that's another red flag. Ooh. Yes, I've seen I love that. that you're just throwing it out there right I'm, now. Like, yeah. hey, you're not doing this right. You're not doing that right. Red flag, red flag. Use me. 
if you're working experience. with a lender, yeah. if any lender or realtor, the first thing they're trying to sell you is a rate, run for your money. Because that realtor does not understand the market, does not understand how lending works, and they're trying to stroke your ego where you want to be told what you want to hear. And that's not yeah. how our industry works. Yeah, they just hear what Fox News or no, MSNBC we're not doing tells that. them to think about. And here's here's my thing. I don't watch the news. I don't even have TVs in my house. I don't live in reality. And guess what? Me living in non-reality of whatever is going on, I'm doing just fine and so are my clients. You're focused as hell. That's it. You're, you tune all that out because we yeah. talked about that at Mastro's. She was like, I'm going to tune out all the bad news, the good news, all of the news. I don't watch the news. Just so I can get my shit done. Yeah. And I found that Be very the news. Be what the news. Be listen, the news. You Be might the news. Say, yeah. you, and you listen, you might say, oh, that lender doesn't watch the news. That's a red flag. No, yes. sweetie. I have a real estate portfolio to back it up. I have my income. I have the IRS bills. I live my life off of that and I just lead and follow. And a lot of my clients, they can even answer the questions or the comments. The truth is they're still building their own portfolios with, with regardless of what the news is saying. Yeah. I no. think, yeah. Yeah. If, if, if you're a realtor and you've, you've lined, you've aligned yourself with an investor, you're definitely, you're one of the people that's going to make it past all this stuff that's happening. And you need to ask your realtors and your lenders, do you own property? Does your family own property? Where have you, what, where did you learn your information from? Yeah, right. How are you comparing it? Yeah, right. What, how many clients have you sold? Where, where did your cl last clients in the last 12 years, where did, where are they at now? Are they hitting you up? Are they following up with you? Are they asking to buy another house? Do they understand the caliber of their equity? Do they understand where they're at? Are they calling you for HELOCs? Are they trying to get creative? If your clients are not getting creative with you in any form of way to build more wealth, because the moment you buy a house and you understand and that your buyer, I mean, your realtor and lender educates you on the power of equity and they're not building wealth continuously, you're not working with the right team. Ooh, That's right. all I have to tell you. Damn right. I love that you just stick our to mar it. Our like, market is not rates. We're not rate driven. If I was rate driven or if I was um, salary driven, I would not be where I'm sitting at right now and neither would you guys. We would not no. be driving the cars that we have. We would not be wearing the Rolexes. Whatever we have, we would not be sitting here. I'm a Rolex wearing. <laughs> yeah. I'm just Porsche, saying. Porsche driving. Porsche driving. We got two I'm Porsche drivers saying, yeah, over here. We are. They both but, have a Porsche. And we also have a real estate portfolio to back it up. But the point is, if I looked at every, if I nickel and dimed my whole entire career off of that, I would, we would not be sitting here no, where we're at. No. So, and we, still we know this. we be eating Mastro's, but just in credit card debt. Yeah, we're not doing we that. Now. And I have no credit card debt. So when my clients, Hell my, yeah. I have clients who are attorneys who are doctors we can all say that i'm educating doctors on how to break through the irs barrier honey yeah. you just made because friends with somebody at the yeah another doctor she's beautiful living. i can't wait to add her onto it she's like oh i own 30 million in assisted living resident like real yeah. estate we're like what mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. so vanessa i have a question for you and this is to help out buyers and loan officers mm -hmm. i think this is a question that's going to help everybody out so when somebody says, you know, after you've given them all the information and they still go, but Vanessa, what's my rate? What comes to mind? I sold you on the payment first, right? Were you complaining? No, Were you happy? On the payment. I love no. that you focus so on the payment. So what does the rate have to, anything to do with what you're happy with? Shit. The payment. Why are you complaining about what you have to pay the government? Be happy about where you're comfortable. The government's going to reward you later on when the rates drop. So it doesn't matter. So what you're saying is, is I'm just saying. forget about this rate because there is no rate. You, yeah. literally you can give somebody the payment and they're happy with the payment. They're like, my payments, I don't know, five grand. 
you know what? I can do that. But what's my rate? Listen. Why are you asking me this question? Listen, we just talked about the payment. When you're renting and your landlord says your rent is, I'm a landlord. I own more than one property. Oh, yeah. Um, and I tell my tenants, your rent in LA, for example, in downtown in the route where there's prostitutes, is 2800 3000 You do not give a shit about the rate. And my rate is 100% because you're paying my mortgage and you're building my wealth and you're paying my IRS bill. And you're stemming my equity over two, three, four hundred thousand. You don't care. Nope. So if you're owning your own home and you're stemming into your equity, and I say your rate seven, eight, ten percent, it doesn't matter as long as you're comfortable. As long oh, as you can afford the payment. As long as That's you can all afford you can do. Payment. And I speak from experience. I'm not selling you on something or a dream that I don't even have or don't even own or I don't even pay for. It's the truth. Damn right. Speaking of experience, mm-hmm. you have been asked and have been part of. The in-house lender experience. Yes. Because Vanessa's in such high demand, offices want you as their in-house lender. What do you got to say about that? Okay, what I have to say about that is most people that are writing their egos on being in-house lenders, good for you. I don't even have the capacity to sustain such. I would rather give my clients personal experience off of not doing that. But... I love the fact that some of my brokers love me and trust me. They know that I'll deliver and make them happy and I create residual business for them. But you really need to make sure that you're working with the lender who's seasoned and knows what they're doing. Half the time I inherit so many agents and that are new or old and they're so manipulated by their in-house lenders, which is what I hate. And their in-house lenders are like that can be done, that can be done. And they're sold on this illusion and I saved so many deals. I saved deals left and right. I just saved three more deals today. And some of them were new talent. And I had to unfuck their mindset. Unfuck. And literally, I'm sorry. Excuse my language. It, but but I am fucked. They were like, my broker can't even do this in three days. I literally opened escrow, disclosed, locked, sent my LAE, and sent my file into underwriting in less than one day. So the truth is, in-house lenders, you guys better know your shit and gear your agents the right way. Because or Vanessa's going to get They're talking client. bad about you, but I also hate it because some of us are really good. And as lenders, we have to really look up numbers on the broker's side. Brokers will promise you the world just to pay their bills. So you had a recent in-house lending experience that did not go as expected. What happened? And that's correct. So... For all you lenders, just so you know, brokers look up your numbers. They look at your production and they know that you're making money or you're not. When they know you're making money and they know that you're producing and your numbers speak for yourself, they're going to manipulate you and tell you whatever you want to hear to stroke their own ego so you can feed into it. At the end of the day, they're not going to produce because their numbers don't represent that. And then they expect you to show up and perform for them, but they can't even host their own performances. Ooh, that rhymed. Oh, I love that. But the point is, if you already have a solid book of business, cater to them more than a brokerage because at the end of the day, a lot of these realtors don't even feed their own in-house lenders. No. No, they don't. So... And Save because, your time and your and money. And usually the in-house lenders, like they're like just like you said, it they're yeah. they're the type that are like that can't be done. It, yeah, you know they complain about yeah. the leads. The yeah. leads a week. The leads a week. And let Yo. me tell you, <laughs> they bring the the bagels and the croissants and for the horrible. team meeting, and yeah. then they're like, sorry, and they're all stale. That. They're from yesterday. Wait, they have had, like a bite in it already. You had that situation where a a, a past in-house lender of ours uh-huh. was like, oh wait, I thought I could do it, but I can't. Sorry, bro. So and, I'm gonna tell you. And guess who came in and saved the day. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you guys, I have been placed in so many times where I've been told to show up and do meetings or host or bring beer or whatever. 
I fucking hate it. <laughs> I fucking hate it. it. You hear that, I'm gonna be agents? raw. I'm gonna be raw and real. I'm gonna be raw and very real right now. I yeah. fucking hate it Good. because I don't. I'm, I don't fit that caliber. I don't fit that personality. I am not that personality. I do it because I'm told. But as I'm doing it, I'm like these men, these people. I'm gonna say I was gonna say these mofos, but these <laughs> people look at me like every other in-house lender or whatever it is, and I am not part of that. So I just avoid it. I'll contribute. I'll participate. I'll chime in, but. When you ask me to do all of that, you're like, torturous. Got, you're like, I got, but see, that's the thing is because you're actually busy. Yeah. You're I'm like, so I busy, got, I got things to do. Yes. Like I'm blessed with business. I'm busy working. I'm busy making money for yeah. other people, making other millionaires. You let, you know, uh, yeah. Sally from, you know, new American, uh, get you your bagels. <laughs> Honestly, I hate it. Like I get invited to so many events and I wish I was there. Like I see, I pay for some of these events to show up and I can't like, and I tell my agents, wouldn't you rather me be behind my desk breaking my head making your shit work versus me partying and hosting events that don't add any value to anything so that being said vanessa what do besides asking asking you to bring bagels what do agents and lenders what do agents and lenders do that just drives you nuts first of all screw the bagels I give you checks. Ooh. But we're not going to go there. Okay. Him and I would take a check any day over I'll take a bagel. Check. I'll I'm take not going to be present. Yeah. Truth is, if you ask any of my agents or brokerages, I'm not present in any of your activities. Let the other agent, new lenders, stroke your egos. I'm going to, I'm giving you checks. Good. And it's the truth. I don't have a life. There's a reason why Botox exists. But the point is, <laughs> a lot of stuff drives me crazy with a lot of these realtors and lenders. And I might get canceled. I think I got canceled at the beginning when I gave you guys more power than a woman should. But the truth we is... We thank you for that. Yeah, we do. Half the time, I question your guys' team leads. Ooh. I feel like oh. I need to create like my own system of interviewing team leads because, because you yeah. guys are giving too much commission where it doesn't even belong. If I'm asking you questions and you're a new agent and you're like, oh, I don't know, my 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 recent lender couldn't do it and um, it's already been six days and I think I'm just going to cancel it. I'm sorry, what? Oh. Give me your listing agent's number. Let yeah. me call them. Let me fix it. Everything you just missed it. out in six days, totally. we're going to address that really quickly. Yep. If your client needs credit restoration and they're making you pay, Call me. That's yeah. part of our lending service. I like that. Wow. If you think DPA doesn't work on you, down payment assistance, because your lender doesn't want to get paid full. different kind of DPA. If your down payment assistance does not want to get paid full comp and you need a home, call me. Yeah. If they're telling you that it's not real, call me. Yep. I mean, I can go on and on and on. But what I hate the most is when um, they say, oh, you can't buy because you have a car. Um, Sir, there's options. Miss, don't manipulate the client with their credit if you can't offer opportunities or options, we got issues. There we go. I'm yeah, sorry. Right. We got issues. Motherfucker. There's a reason why I salvaged a lot of loans from that mortgage guys. Oh, I shouldn't have said oh, that. Oh, because she's the mortgage <laughs> chick. The mortgage chick. Yo, what's your IG? Tell us. That mortgage chick. There's a reason. By the way, a lot of people have tried canceling me to get my name. You're not going to get it. Also, I salvage loans for a living. I literally just salvaged three new loans from other brokerages, other lenders. And honestly, half the time it's stupidity. It's because they don't or know their ego. shit. Their ego. Yes. Listen, you are who you are based off of what you know. Yep. I'm not going to, I told myself if I'm going to be good at what I do, I better be a thousand percent good at it or I'm going to step aside. Yeah. 
Know yeah, your I shit. Mean, buyers, know, know don't, your shit. buyers, don't yeah. give up, right? If you're te- if you hear from one person that it can't be done, find someone else yeah. that can get it done. Yeah. Every lender has their secret sauce. Every agent has yep. their secret yeah. sauce. I met, you don't know how many clients I, that I was blessed enough to take over because their agent was, I mean, they'd been looking for over a year. I'm sorry, but if you're looking for over a year. That's a red flag. That's your agent's yeah. fault. So like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to inter- interrupt you. I don't want to be rude, but I know this is going to sound crazy coming from me. If you are a realtor or you are new talent, the first thing you need to do if your team lead's not telling you, it's because they're in bed with their in-house lender. You need to diversify your lender portfolio. Oh. Because. Diversify your bonds. It's the truth. Yeah. And bonds, you're going to probably think like this lender is saying that. No, it's the truth. I mean, I'm good at what I do. I don't really get shopped because I know what I do. I'm good at my craft. And I've been doing this for so many years. I started off in real estate. I started off in escrow. I started off in lending processing, underwriting, TC, everything you can think of. And I know my shit. Not every person knows that because they get licensed and they think that that's it. It's not. But you really need to diversify your portfolio. Why? Because you need backups. You need options. You need to make sure you're providing your client the best resource. And if your first lender who is being, who you're told to work with isn't offering down payment assistance, isn't offering other options or other ways to get creative, you're working with the wrong team. Second thing, if your lender isn't providing options, you're working with the wrong team. Mm -hmm. If your lender isn't telling you to get creative or move things around, you're working with the wrong team. If your lender is not offering ways to restore credit or fix things within a month or two, if your client is not following your lender's decisions or options or ideas or creativity, you're working with the wrong team with the buyer and a lender who is a buyer who's not realistic is not willing to do it because when somebody wants something, I have had buyers perform miracles out of nothing. I have had buyers tell me I have 20 grand from this person or that person. I'm like, what? I've had buyers when yeah. you, when somebody wants something they as a spoiled it. brat, as a spoiled diva that I was raised by as a daddy that gave me everything. If I wanted something, my dad gave it to me. Same thing with buyers. Buyers will find ways to make shit happen. Buyers will find a way. Again, that just happened yeah. where they were looking for over a year and, and I'm sure their their agent was probably blaming them the mm-hmm. entire time. Yep, it wasn't their fault because they ended up going probably 50K above what their what their budget was yeah. and they ended up coming in with an extra 20K than yeah. they told that agent that they had. They got it done because they wanted it. You just have to set up the expectations correctly and a lot of you That's agents don't have the cojones to set up the expectations correctly. You're so scared of losing the business and and you're scared of shopping your own lender. I Hey, look, I know the person's a great person. Maybe you go golfing. Maybe they brought bagels in last week, but you need to shop them if, it, if, if yeah. it's going to help your client. So with that being said, the first thing is make sure your realtor knows their shit. Make sure your realtor has numbers to back it up. Yep. Ask them for weird scenarios. Throw curveballs at them. The way they respond <clears throat> is going to be your answer. Ask them how you're many deals have they closed. How many you're deals have you interviewing. closed? You're interviewing. Buying a home is an interviewing process. Same yes. thing with lenders. If your lender didn't offer you 10, 20 options, you're working with the long lender. Same thing. Same thing. Our job is to get creative. How do we know? Look at our numbers. Yes. And for you new agents, it's okay. Like if you're a new agent and you don't mm-hmm. have that experience, then align yourself with someone who yes. does. Right? Yeah, get, right. Get that agent in the someone office like that's Vanessa. a killer. Yep, in yeah. Diego, who kills it. 
Don't be scared to ask questions. Don't. Your job, listen, if I was a buyer and I did not know anything about this industry, ask every question. There is no dumb question. There is none. And if they're being condescending or they're threatening you or they're trying to reroute you in another direction, you're working with the wrong team. Bottom line, it's it's a truth. It's mm-hmm. a truth. Um, also, ask them how long have you been in. It's okay if you're listen. I was new talent at one point. I think we all were. But the difference between me and new talent is that I came from the background of operations. I love what I did, and if I didn't have the answer, I found a solution. I didn't tell you I don't know. I didn't find a bullshit answer. I said that's a great question. Let me get back to you. I didn't think of that. That's a great question. That's a great approach. If you, you already automatically know if a lender or a realtor are running based off of operation or they're running off of a transaction. Or just sales. If you're, if you're, listen, the first interview is you can tell somebody's being transactional. We're not here to be transactional. We're here to build a lifeline of a family business. Exactly. And that stems to my business. Love it. And my accident. Oh, I know. Should we Oof. go there? Oh, yeah. I think we're going to go there. Right. I think it's time to go All right, there. Let's go there. Okay. All right. So you went we'll through something that. that was very dramatic in your yes. life. What happened? So first of all, let's go off with the fact when people say that, that you had an accident, everybody automatically steers to a vehicle. Accidents don't happen from vehicles. Listen, I've been a healthy, fit person my entire life. I had the best personal trainer at Equinox and Equinox is the best of the best. It's like the creme brulee of the brulee. Um, I was very healthy. I've had a great lifestyle. I've worked hard and I maintained myself in the best way possible. And I felt unstoppable because I said, hey, listen, I have the best insurance. I eat wealthy. I mean, I eat healthy. I have trainers. And you don't ever think that you're going to fall and slip and break your head. And I did. I went through that. And before my accident, I was a workaholic. I know some of us are workaholics. I'm a workaholic. But the truth is, I wasn't a workaholic. I love what I did so much that I was willing to sacrifice my own family time, my own personal life, and my hobbies to make people's dreams a reality. And even though everybody else saw it as a workaholic situation, I didn't view it that way. I viewed it like I'm making people's lives matter. I'm changing their lifestyles. So when I slipped and fell at a client's house and cracked my head open on a cement i had three heart failures and i was in a coma yeah you cracked your head on the cement i have a scar this big yeah and i have over i had over three hundred thousand dollars in medical bills like we had insurance what did that client think um i'm we're not gonna go there because they didn't even have the decency to send flowers or be thankful or grateful but it's okay dude yeah yeah that's a red flag right yeah they probably thought you were gonna sue the hell out of them they're they're gonna bury your body out of the back but there was no class, but you, it's okay. You cracked your head. Yeah, I know. But that's where you also realize where the class is. So with that being said, I literally fell on my ex-partner's hands and he thought I had one too many drinks, which I probably did. We had fun. But he didn't even realize I mean, that I was the business. But he we didn't realize that, that I was bleeding all over his shirt. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know where this couple came from. And they were like, hey, your girlfriend is bleeding all over your shirt. And he was like, what? And little did he know while I was bleeding all over his shirt, my heart was stopping and I was dying. And that person called the hospital. And I had like an outside body experience where like I was when I wasn't and I woke up like a few days after I was like, who was the girl that called the cops? 
And he's like, how do you remember that you were gone? And I was like, I don't even know how to explain to you. I really think it was an angel because to this day, I don't even know who they were. He doesn't even know. Oh, I got chills. But Ooh, I did too. the point is, Ooh. when I was dying in his arms, I was gone and I had an outside body experience and I was already ready. Like, it's weird. When you know you're dying, you know you're dying. You're okay. You're at peace. And then when I went into the oh, ambulance, my heart stopped dying. again. And they gave me like an adrenaline rush shot. I don't know what it was. As soon as, like, my heart stopped. Like an EpiPen or something? Yeah. As soon as my heart stopped and I was, it's crazy because as I was already dying, I was in another world. I can't even explain it to you guys. But the point is, as soon as my heart stopped, it was, it stopped enough to the point that they gave me a shot and they pulled me out of the hot, like, out of the ambulance. And it was like a movie where you're running with, like, an, like, a, like, through it and your, and your body's, like, just gone. And, um, I entered another world. And you world. still remember that. That's I remember awesome. everything. Like it was yesterday. So you were dead. I was gone. I had three heart failures. I had three heart failures. I woke up. And before I woke up, my mom was in the hospital by myself because it was COVID still. And nobody Dude. could be around me. And they were already telling my mom, like, we want to let you know, like, your daughter had a severe head trauma. She may not wake up being herself. If she wakes up talking, do not believe her. And at any moment, her heart or her brain are they're gonna stop. So Whoa. just be prepared. And my mom has been through this before with me because I've been through other issues. And um, she's like, "Okay." So when I finally woke up from a forty-eight hour coma, the first thing I did was like, "Where am I?" I was trying to take oh yeah the, the all yeah, of the, the IV everything out. out of my system. And I was like, "I have to go to work. I have clients." And my mom was like, "Okay, Vanessa's back." And I was like, I got to go. And it's still Vanessa. And then, mind you, I have PPO. PPO insurance is the best of the best. Yes, PPO, And baby. you can't trust people when they find out that you have PPO because they're going to take advantage of you. And I was like, Mom, they want my money. I got to go, you know? And she's like, no. And, like, I had, when I woke up from my coma, before they woke me up, I had 10 doctors trying to wake me up, screaming, touching my chest. And I had, like, three neural doctors, and I had, like, regular doctors because my brain and my head were not together and bottom line i woke up and i didn't think it was real like i already had like digressed and wrote down in my head how i was gonna talk to my agent and like i had an accident like i'm sorry i was in a coma like i'm here back i'm so sorry like you know i already <laughs> oh had it God. all programmed you weren't sleeping you were waiting i was waiting like, like, like chuck, chuck I had, norris i had a whole <laughs> system written down and they put me back to sleep because they were like this girl does not get it when i finally Damn. woke up i was like i have to pee and when i was like laying down in a coma. You had the catheter and everything. And they were like literally putting a bug under me to use the bathroom. I was like, okay, this is severe. This is yeah. real. And then it's crazy because I just had so many moments where I was ready to die. And the last moment was when they, when a travel nurse gave me the wrong medication she wasn't supposed to give me. And my heart started dropping 50, 40, 30. And they were trying to rush me to have heart surgery. And I was like, I'd rather die than have this. This heart isn't true. Heart surgery? Yes. And Damn. then I, out of what nowhere, I swear to you, I started puking. Like, I was puking. What the fuck? And I woke up and I was like, okay, I'm fine. But the point is, after that accident, I've been through a lot of shit in life. I Obviously, our industry, the level of stress that we deal with, <laughs> like, I felt unstoppable. I was like, this? No way. A good drug? We'll ease it out. But when I realized I couldn't walk, I was walking on a crutch. I was walking on eggshells. Like, I couldn't walk. 
you know, I was, I was walking on crutches. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't dream for months. I was, I would wake up at 4 a.m. and the level of pounding. I never struggled with headaches as stressful our job was. Like, I can't even explain to you. I was walking in hell for nine months on earth. Yeah. And despite those nine months on earth um, of hell, I was still working. I was still delivering dreams. I was still closing over a million dollars in production a month. There's got to be that one client that's like, dude, she sucked. Cause you no, were probably, there no? wasn't. And I'm going to tell you this. I had this one client, this one client that I had met two years ago with another realtor. And somehow he circled back to me with another realtor. And I finally got him into escrow when he realized like, okay, this girl has to be the girl. Like she has to be the shit. If I found her with another realtor and I found her another way with another realtor. It's meant to be. Yeah. Damn right. And I broke him and my agent was like, oh my God, like how did you, I was like, girl, you don't even know the history with this client. Um, he had been with me since day one. He's, he was with me when I had my accident. And during my accident, my assistant dealt with him. And when I finally came out of the hospital and we're getting ready to close, which was a few weeks later, he's like, can I ask you something? And I said, yeah, what's going on? He goes, how bad was your accident? I was like, I don't want to ask you, but I need to know. And I was like, um, why do you ask? He goes, Vanessa, you went from being top tier, now that you're not, but being the creme of the creme brulee that broke me to give in to you, to you stuttering and not being able to talk right and having to hesitate and repeat yourself. Oh, my God. Oh. And here you are still working when you shouldn't be working. Yeah. And um, when Damn, he told me that. that hit you. That hit you. That hit me hard. Yeah, it did. And I was like, God, my neurologist to this day, my doctors don't even understand how I'm alive or two. I'm not mentally brain dead. Yeah. Mind you, I don't remember half of my memories. I used to have the best memory. I could remember every little detail. I don't remember so many things. A lot of my friends tell me, like, remember this? I'm like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. When it comes to, like, everything else. So it was, I, like, long-term. That yeah, kind of like, long-term. A lot of things I don't remember. Old Vanessa was unhinged. She was wild. She was crazy. I love a lot of parts of her. She did not give a shit. But I love that this accident brought me back into reality. And I do give a shit now. But the point is, like, despite everything, God protected my craft. Damn, girl. I'm, I still, to this day, I you would never even think I had an accident because nope. I know my shit. And God only knew what he did. And I think it was because he rebuilt my character from the ground up. And that client was a reminder of it. And with that being said... You have two ways to live after certain chaos. Either you continue to live in your brokenness and create and make money, or you refigure away and you rebuild yourself from the ground up and you add more value to your clients and your business and yourself with a better meaning. No, Mike, drop. I love the way you put that. It's, it's, yeah. There's not really a better way to end the episode, to be honest with you. Oh, my God. That was awesome. So I mean, no matter if you're starting or you're continuing... You control what you do, especially when it's a gift that you don't even have an answer to. And I like that, like, because we're in awe of the way you turn such a negative into a positive. You like, have to. This put me in a different place in life. It, you told us that how it re- gets you to reexamine everything that everything. was in your current situation. Yeah. We're like, wait a minute, you took this horrible death situation where you literally died and came back to life. And here we are, all of us. And here we are. You're on Not a Boring Real Estate Podcast. We're not. We're not. Look and the how truth blessed that, yeah. you are we're all to be blessed. on our podcast. We're all blessed. No, we're blessed yeah. to have you on the Thank podcast. You. We are. Now, 
Uh, one of the segments that we like to do is called Tell the People. Yep. So you have a camera right here that is just pointed at the world. What is something that, I mean, it doesn't matter. It could be, you could be talking to your mom. You could be talking to a friend. You could be talking to buyers. You could be talking to realtors and lenders. Whatever it is that's on your mind, get it off your chest. Please tell the world. If you're good at something, be good, great at it. If you're not, walk away. Our industry, our people rely on us. They rely on us for their wealth. They rely on us for equity, for a better lifestyle. If you're in it for the money, get the fuck out of our industry and allow us to keep performing because our job is not catered around a money or a check or a vacation. It's catered on lifestyles and life improvement and wealth building. Lifestyles. So you're either right. you're in it or get the fuck out. You're right. If you're I busy, if you're busy following the cloud of like, if I drive a better car, if I drive a better, if I wear a better suit, if I have a better purse, if I have diamonds, listen, nobody gives a shit. We look at what you do for a living and are you a representation of what you're selling or doing? That's it. Wow. Wow. We can't wait to have you on the show again. Oh, I love it. I feel yeah. like we said that to everybody. We have not had a single person on the show again. I <laughs> know. We really You haven't. guys are embarrassing. <laughs> we're like, this is the last time we'll ever We've see not, you. Yeah, I'm we're sorry. never going to see you. No, no. no. Cooks. You're coming to me now. Laughing. You are definitely Horrible. coming back. You are definitely it's, coming back. It's because this, there's just no filter here. All right, yeah. let's do this. Yeah. I'll see you guys in a year from now. I might come back. Listen, before my, ac before my accident, I averaged 10 to 15 deals. Wow. As during long my, as you remember During us. my accident, I averaged four to five, and I was like, what the hell? Now that I'm finally coming back and I'm seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, I'm back to that production. That's right. So I can't wait till next year when I shape shift back into what I am and what I am meant to be. And for all I know, you might have more flips. For all I know, we might be in a better Damn situation. Right. Yeah. And I'm excited. I'm getting back and I'm rebuilding my brand from the ground up, but from a healthier version after death. Oh, yeah. If you're a new agent, like, this is who you look up to oh, right here. Oh, thank you. Like, this is who you say, you know what? This is a survivor that was handed a bad deck You of should cards. play, I'm a survivor. <laughs> I'm not going to That'll be on the IG I'm post for bye, sure. Bye, bye, or whatever that goes. Please yeah. don't make me look corny, okay? Oh, no. Oh, nobody say. could okay, do, look nobody could do that at all. Yo, cheers. I got water so, in here. You killed it tonight. Cheers. So, with that being said, if you want to. Break yourself from being an independent boss bitch. Truth is, if you have a husband at home who loves you and takes care of you and believes in you, stick by him. We, you grow together. Number two, if you're independent, you're single, find a man that matches your caliber and you're going to help him rise to the top. It's not about us. The point is, our careers and our hobbies are meant to be fun and that's it. And, and if you want to be so single, good. be single. That's your deal. You know, again, we're yeah. here to promote all kinds of love. You know, we're, no we're, uh, you know, we're you, inclusive here. I know that we're in real estate podcast. Thrive. If you're in your masculine era, you know? thrive. If bitch. you identify as a refrigerator, <laughs> we're cool with you too. Right. Whatever it is you do, just thrive. I love it. Because you could have really handed it out to some companies today. You oh, could have been like this been office, there. that office, that office. I, listen. One of them already declared bankruptcy. Yes. I told Diego and Zoma about that one. Listen, I have, yes. the more you're in our industry, no matter how big it is, when you've been in it for so long, it's, it's a small, small world. Small. And you know so much shit on so many people. Yeah, you do. But I'm not going to shit where I sleep. But a lot of us know, a lot of us know, a lot of Brokers use people for financial situations. Yes. A lot of lenders will lie to other LOs and promise them the best comp or 
gift back or whatever or mm -hmm. bonus kickbacks but yes. they write it on the rate so buyers make sure that your rate isn't isn't paying your lender or your broker's office yeah, yeah Ooh, right. i'm sorry no no <laughs> no thank you and yeah. that's why you need to watch not a boring real estate podcast because we give you the real, real news insight. just like you need it raw rugged and again we're here to make sure that we protect you guys because honestly that's why we're doing this that's why we've put so much time effort money we're here it's like 11 o'clock at night and we are giving you guys information that no one else will give you and if they do it they're just doing it to promote themselves well it's actually coming from producers if you look at ryan if you look at diego and you look at myself we're not we're not riding on the car that we drive. We're not riding on what we're wearing or the house that we live in. Look at our numbers. That's right. Look at the Look numbers. at our years. Look Damn at our right. history. Mm -hmm. um, we speak off of experience and how many clients. And I we can easily say over 100 clients. Easy. That's easy. what easy. Oh, and yeah. I'm going to say this from a boss-ass bitch, excuse my language, who has been independent, who has built her own industry in her career. At the end of the day, don't ever forget who you are, where you came from. And the truth is, we are a representation of the men that we surround ourselves with. I love the way you said that. I love the way you said that. And I'm, here's a good reel for the podcast. Shout out to Mr. Tempo for opening up a restaurant yes. in Whittier. Mm -hmm. All right. Vanessa and I grew up in Whittier. Yes. Vanessa, Uptown Whittier. Mr. Tempo opened up a new cantina in Uptown Whittier. Yeah. We all got to hang out there. We'd love to have you on the show, Mr. Yep. Tempo. Yep. Well, we, we all follow you. We think you're badass. We think you're someone that we, we would look, definitely look up to because I feel like I speak for myself, but I, I think you guys would chime in. If we can do it, anybody could yeah. do it. Yep. And and I'm sure you would we would love to have your story on here, but we have Vanessa Mosquela on here. Vanessa, please tell the people where they can find you. At that mortgage check with either a C or a K. That's that so mortgage chick smooth. with a C or a K. That's so yep. smooth. Not both. The best. Either one or the, the all, all three of them. Instagram name. Yeah. I love she's it. that mortgage chick. I am she's that mortgage that chick. chick. I am. Yeah. She's that chick. And you're welcome. Damn right. We love you guys. Bye. Like us, comment, follow. Thank you. Good night. Thank you for listening to another episode of Not a Boring Real Estate Podcast with your host Ryan Domus and Diego Vasquez. Stay legendary and remember, like, comment, and watch the show.